All right, friends, that takes care of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. To see all the work that we do here at the ACLU of Georgia, visit ACLUGA.org. And to stay up to date with everything, up the date. All right, friends, that takes care of I am really excited to have this conversation with the both of you, um, because the both of you are on the ground in the nitty gritty and are experts on the mechanics of what's going on as far as voter rights um, here in Georgia. So super excited to have this conversation with you both. And thanks for taking some time out to join me. Of course, good to be here. Yes. Oh, yeah, of, of course. And it's good to see you again, but I feel like I, I don't see you enough. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. So what we're dealing with here is, to me, exactly the kind of instance that I was, you know, kind of wondering, it was like a what if in my brain, coming off of, again, a historic um, election that we were all able to contribute to, but you two um, both, I just can't commend enough for the work that you were able to do um, with not only the uh, elections back in the fall, but then with the runoffs as well. So just had to make sure I threw that in there. But again, this is the exact kind of instance that I was worried about um, or just wondering about with what's going on here in Cobb County with the um, proposed um, in current set moving of a voter precinct from a school to a police academy, correct, gentlemen? That's right. That's right. Uh, and so to, since I have the pleasure of having you both with me, let's um, do a bit of a backstory slash history lesson of, you know, how we came to find out this information and then what steps we move forward and we can get into it from there. Thanks, Kenyatta. Um, I can take that. Uh, we found out this information because we pay attention to what's happening on the local level, especially right. in the largest counties in the state. And Cobb County is the third largest county uh, in our great state of Georgia out of 159 counties. Uh, so a high priority for us is to pay attention to what happens in that county on the local level when it comes to elections. Uh, we also know that the Cobb County Board of Elections has had three new appointments this year out of the five people who sit on that board, uh, which makes okay. it extra important. Uh, to pay attention to because that is a new class of folks on the board uh, who don't have experience being on the board and therefore may be susceptible perhaps to making a decision or another that may not be completely thought through. Um, fast forward to around the end of July and through our program, the peanut gallery, where we monitor uh, these boards of elections, we find out uh, that Cobb County may have moved uh, precinct from, as you said, a middle school to the Cobb County Police Training Academy. Now, what we do right at the ACLU of Georgia after we find something like that out is we do our legwork um, because what we found out was that it was a 3-2 vote to move the location. And so we knew there might be some more details here to suss out, to really figure out what's going on. Uh, and then once we uh, figured those details out and figured out that it was you know, as simple as it sounds, a polling location moving from a middle school to a police training academy, and importantly, an election day polling location where those voters who are assigned to that precinct, they don't have a choice to go anywhere else, especially after the latest voting bill made it even harder on those voters who show up to an out of precinct polling location. Uh, so once we got all the details down and made sure that we crossed our T's and dotted our I's, uh, we shot it over to the uh, comms department 
um, to find out how we can get more attention on this because it certainly isn't something that we support, forcing voters to vote at a police training academy. Right. You know, Vasu, you bring up so many different fascinating things that I want to bring out. So you, the it's a basically uh, um, new board for mm -hmm. starters. And right. there's a lot of newness because one thing I, that I want to add is that I am a Cobb County resident. So from the beginning, from seeing, you know, the the influx of diversity that Cobb County has had in, in recent time, for one thing, and, and with the voting bill and with the past elections, again, I was just so curious to see what kind of instances like this were gonna come about. Right. Because there's a, there's a lot of newness to that. New board, um, we also did work with the new sheriff in Cobb County, which was a part of the historic elections. So, and again, new diverse populations that we were finding out in the census data. So, um, and you're right. So you kicked it over to the comms team um, and some work actually that Anna Maria, the comms director, she had done in the past a couple of years ago with Clayton County, um, which actually was before I believe any of us had gotten here. So that goes to show like how these instances come up through time. Um, but because of that past experience where they sent a demand letter, um, we kind of knew what next steps to take when you brought it over to the comms team. And um, having that prior knowledge from our comms director, that's where we came into um, interaction and collaboration with Rahul. Um, so Rahul, I would love for you to jump in and just share, you know, uh, thanks to the lovely segue <laughs> and um, exposition from Vasu, what uh, next steps happen and how you were able to come into play with everything. Sure thing. And and you're absolutely right that this um, this is something that we had some experience in before uh, in Clayton County. Mm -hmm. um, and thanks to, you know, the, the integrated advocacy, you know, work that we do uh, when the information came through Vasu and the political team um, and then was shared with comms, uh, comms was able to share with the legal department that we had done something like this before. Uh, and so uh, it wasn't entirely a new issue uh, for us. We've um, we had a, a little bit of a template to to figure out how to deal with this. Um, so what we decided to do um, was to uh, put some pressure on the board and explain to the board um, why exactly moving a polling place location from a middle school uh, to a police precinct uh, or excuse me, a police academy rather. Um, is problematic. And so um, we provided three reasons to the board um, why we thought that this uh, move should not be made. Uh, the first being that um, this was uh, the, the polling place that was going to be moved. Uh, it served a community that was majority black. Uh, about 60% of the voters um, in, in that precinct who were active mm -hmm. voters uh, were black. And so the idea of, of make, forcing Black voters in particular uh, to vote at a police academy um, when we're you know, within living memory of when Black voters were harassed, abused, you know, beaten by members of law enforcement because they were exercising the right to vote, um, that could serve as a huge deterrent and, uh, for Black voters. So we were concerned about that primarily. Um, the second point that we made was that uh, this could be unlawful voter intimidation under Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act. Um, Section 11B sweeps pretty broadly um, because Congress wanted to make sure that it was looking out for, you know, any potential 
um, actions that could intimidate voters. Um, uh, so we pointed that out to the board. And then the last point that we made was was something that Vasu alluded to, the fact that there are a lot of changes coming down the pipeline when it comes to elections administration right now. Um, we're looking at uh, the anti-voter bill, SB202, how it's yeah. going to be implemented. There's a lot of changes that come with that. Um, there's redistricting that's going to happen soon that will also have uh, an impact on, uh, on precincts specifically, um, how precincts are split, um, how uh, voters who accidentally show up at a different precinct, uh, even if they're in the right county, how those voters might be turned away. Um, so we were concerned about all of those. So we, we decided yeah. to bring that up with the board. Absolutely. And I think that you paint a, a very clear picture of how these different factors, can, how they can stack up because Again, in a county that had has great diversity and, and was very impactful in these past elections, you have that as the base, but then you have to think about redistricting, and then you have to think about precinct changes. And then, as we're have, talking about in this conversation, if your precinct changes, you have to, in a county that is majority Black, again, as a, as a resident, and, and that's another thing about those precincts in Cobb County, because I have experienced in a South Cobb precinct, well, for one thing, having to wait for five hours for early voting, which is another, <laughs> another thing, um, but then have to think about having to go into a facility to cast your ballot. Um, that's a police academy. Uh, devoid of the many different, you know, factors and feelings that people take into would have to take into account in a situation like that. So again, Rahul, you paint a very striking picture of how these different factors um, can stack up. And I believe I read um, your quote, and I can't remember if it's MDJ, uh, Mary Daily Journal, AJC, where you said it is in living memory, another factor, um, that not too long ago, grandparents' age had to deal with violence when trying to go cast their sacred um, right to go and cast their ballot. So, um, so that's how. Also, yes, to so mention Kenyatta, the polling location, mm -hmm. the police training academy, three point two miles away from the middle school. So we're not talking about wow. moving it down the block, right? We're talking about a change that, in and of itself, even if it wasn't moving to a police training academy, would be an enormous change to throw upon the over five thousand voters that are at that polling location. Uh, so in and of itself, you know, we, we doubt a change that involves moving voters over three miles away. Then to find out that it's a police training academy, that's a cherry on top. <laughs> right, right. Uh, wow, so, so we said these factors at the meeting. Um, and then, so what was the, how was that received at the meeting? And then we'll go into like next steps from the meeting, but just wanted to get some more uh, insight on how the meeting went. Sure. Uh, so the, the meeting happened um, on Monday mm -hmm. and uh, the board was actually bringing up this issue uh, to reconsider it because um, board members received a lot of public comments, um, a lot of outcry uh, over the fact that, you know, this this polling place change was made back in July. And so I, I think in order to address that, the board wanted to, to look into this issue a little bit more uh, because the polling place change is uh, slated to go into place uh, beginning in January of 2022. So thankfully we had a little bit of time before it was actually effective. 
Um, so board, the board brought it up for reconsideration um, and opened it up to comments. Um, uh, I was there to testify on behalf of the ACLU of Georgia uh, to again talk about all of these concerns that, that you and Basu and, and I've mentioned. And, and we brought that up for the board. And then the board um, discussed it, you know, at the meeting. Um, there were there were points that were made, um, uh, like we've talked about already. Um, there was still a little bit of opposition to, to changing it. Um, I think some folks on the board still, you know, pushed back because you know they didn't see how this might intimidate voters. Mm -hmm. um, but the point that I think some members of the board and we made was that, you know, you really have to look at this through the eyes of, of a community uh, that's experienced voter suppression in the past, right? Um, just the fact of having to show up at a police academy, right? Uh, before you even get there, just knowing that you have to go to a police academy to cast your vote, um, that's a big deal. Right, and that in and of itself could really serve as a as a deterrent for folks. Um, you know, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, there are a lot of police officers, obviously, who do their jobs in an upstanding way and in a way that's non-discriminatory. But just the idea, you know, during this moment, particularly of a, exactly. we're having a racial reckoning in America, kind of about um, law enforcement interactions with with black Americans specifically. So um, I think that context was provided a little bit more. Um, and ultimately, uh, the board voted, um, they, they passed a motion to reconsider uh, the polling place change. And then next month, uh, they'll reconvene because of some uh, procedural issues, they have to wait another month to officially uh, make that move happen so go back to the uh, middle school for the polling place location change gotcha thank you for that um and that's i mean that's great to know there's a couple of things that i that i gleaned from that that i appreciate the first one being that it's good to know into um vasu's point that on a local level people are engaging in in voicing concern with the people that th that with the officials that they can do something about these concerns and issues that's Fantastic. Um, and, 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 and again, the work that you both do to ensure that, you know, on the side that we do, and this is the part that I love about the work, is seeing how that community engagement can, can grow roots and, and really, you know, impact and affect change. Um, and I know that there is, I mean, there are many official ways, but in together with our partners, um, we contribute and collaborate with a great channel that does this kind of uh, community engagement and monitoring of elections boards. And I know that um, Vasu um, can give us some more information about that. And then, of course, I'll share it and make sure I plug it again in the outro. But just wanted to um, get some insight on the ways that our supporters can continue to get involved should and if and when these types of situations come up. Absolutely. So, again, the only reason we find out about stuff like this is through the help of our volunteers and supporters who actually monitor these boards of elections across the state. Mm -hmm. And we have 159 counties in Georgia. That's a whole lot of counties. Uh, and therefore, uh, we need volunteers and supporters and members to help to flag things for us, to monitor these meetings and to make sure that those 
folks who run these meetings and who are on these boards know that folks from the community are watching. That's right. That in and of itself can be a, a deterrent uh, to reducing voter access. And then we get to find out when they make a move like this and then respond accordingly. Uh, this is part of a program called the Georgia Peanut Gallery, specifically for monitoring local boards of elections. Uh, we work in partnership with the New Georgia Project there. If you visit georgiapeanutgallery.org, you'll find links to the next training. You have to get trained before you can monitor these elections, these uh, local boards of elections, so that you know what to look out for and you know how to report your notes to us so that we can process them and figure out uh, where we need to respond. So visit georgiapeanutgallery.org uh, and find the training link there. You can also, of course, visit aclu.ga.org slash volunteer. And there's a checkbox to, to find out if you're interested in monitoring local boards of elections. Even if you've already signed up there, you can submit it again and check that box and you'll be flagged within our, our system uh, as somebody who's interested in doing this work. And we will contact you actively uh, and make sure you're out there monitoring boards of elections. Don't worry, we still need people we have 159 counties, right? <laughs> and so we, right. we're always looking for people uh, to join the peanut gallery program. Uh, and once you do, we'll, we'll put you to work. And as you can see, it's, it can be exciting stuff, impactful stuff, stuff that makes you feel like you're actually uh, making a difference here. Right. Um, so we look forward to uh, anyone who signs up, uh, who's interested in doing this work, uh, look out for the next training for the Georgia peanut gallery. Yes, um, thanks for that Vasu. And Exactly. And to me, that's that's what that's what makes me most grateful to to do this work. It's illuminating these kinds of stories and these kinds of situations and then connecting it to the larger work and in the larger value. So again, thank both of you gentlemen again for your work. Um, not only on issues like this, but to collectively that we do at the ACLU of Georgia. And thanks again for your time to chat with me today on, on this one. And I look forward to um, having more interesting and revealing and insightful conversations with you both as we move forward and continue our defense of democracy and voter rights for Georgians. <laughs> thanks so much for having us, Kenyatta. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kenyatta. Always a pleasure. All right, friends, that takes care of another episode. Thank you so much for listening. To check out all the work that we do here at the ACLU of Georgia, visit our website at aclua.org. And to keep track of everything that we've got going on, follow us across social media at ACLU of GA. And for ways that you can get involved in democracy defense, check out aclua.org slash volunteer. And last but certainly not least, be sure to follow, like, rate, and subscribe wherever you follow the podcast. Until next time, this is your host, Kenyatta, reminding you to listen like your rights depend on it.